0: Our internet sucks. We need to get rid of this stuff. I, You just repeated everything I said pretty much.
1: <laughs> I can't hear you.
0: I know. It's a mess. We're in the same house. I'm plugged into the goddamn internet, and we still can't even hear each other. I don't get it. Comcast sucks. Um, I can only see your forehead because you're sitting on the floor right now trying to get closer to the Wi-Fi because I can only hear like every other two words you're saying. But I'm just, I'm just kind of trying to piece it together. And I'm like, I think that's what she just said. You did say something about the dog situation, right? That was cutting up like hell. I did. Okay, good.
1: Welcome to the Highly Leveraged Podcast,
0: interviewing landlords and industry professionals to help you start and continue
1: to scale your rental income portfolio. Here's your host, Dave Rosa.
0: What's up? All right, this week I'm back with the wife, Christine. Uh, We're going to talk about selling Berlin part two. Out of the three houses that we sold up there, we actually did just close on the third one as well. Uh, This one actually went really well. This is a two family, and uh, this one went about as perfect as you could hope it did. So there's really not a lot of uh, nightmare roller coaster stories on this one, but uh, we'll be back for part three in a couple weeks. And uh, that one had its issues. But other than uh, a tenant that was a little bit uh, antsy, a little bit excitable, uh, they actually were pretty good. They were great tenants. They just uh, bothered us about stupid stuff sometimes, which uh, you'll take that. So uh, here we are to talk about 558 Hillsborough Street. All right, so today we're going to talk about 558 Hillsborough Street in Berlin, the lovely city of Berlin, New Hampshire. Uh, so this is a two-family house. It's uh, two stories, three-bedroom, one-bath each. So the first floor has three bedrooms, one bath. That's relatively uh, renovated. The second floor is another three-bedroom, one-bath, relatively not renovated. <laughs> so we first viewed this on August 20th of 2020. They wanted $90,000 for it. We ended up going, seeing it, offered them seventy dollars They came back and counted with eighty two dollars and we said hell no, so we came back and recounted with seventy-five thousand. It went from the ninety-thousand-dollar asking price to seventy-five thousand, so we got fifteen thousand off there. Uh, so we ended up closing on that on November thirteenth, which was actually the same exact day that we closed on one hundred Mason, the one that we talked about in episode uh, twelve, I believe it was. So yeah, it was owned by the, it was the same owner of both of them. So we picked up both of them from the same guy. Closed on the same day. Never had to meet him. We we signed down here. He signed up there in the woods. So yeah, I'll talk about the projections here. So uh, we projected that the principal and interest payment would be two fifty seven. Taxes would be one eighty seven. Insurance was going to be seventy five dollars. The oil was going to be two hundred and sixty dollars. Which again, the oil we had, we ran the one boiler in the basement, which that boiler was actually in good shape. The oil tank was a goddamn mess. We knew that thing was going to need to be replaced. So it was that one system that created heat and hot water for, for both units. So just like the other one that was included in the rent. And a fun fact too, home heating oil is actually diesel fuel. You could actually go down to the uh, gas station and grab some diesel and your little six gallon bucket and put that thing in there. Not a bucket, but a gas can, you know what I mean? The sewer and water we estimated at a hundred bucks a month. And then maintenance I always do a fifteen percent. So that would come out to two hundred and thirty six dollars because the rents were fifteen seventy five. What were the rents on those two?
1: So the first floor was eight twenty five and the second floor was seven fifty.
0: So yeah, we were getting fifteen seventy five and you add up everything that I just spoke about. Uh, the total expenses were $1,115. So we were estimating about $460 cash flow. If you wanted to take the maintenance out of there, we'd be more like $700 in cash flow. So uh, just like the other one, no one had any leases. uh, So we had to get that worked out. But why don't you tell us a little bit about the tenants?
1: So yeah, no leases. The second floor tenants, very nice people, very excitable people. A lot of worrying on their end about every little thing. Um, lots of phone calls from them.
0: Lots of texts, lots of phone calls. Yeah, this guy, like you said, he was a really nice guy. We actually met him when we went to go look at that place back in August, and he followed us around, was telling us all the issues and whatnot. And I also should have mentioned that we knew before we took over that we needed to fix the flat roof over the stairs in the porch because it was leaking into stands into his little storage unit up on the second floor, and he actually had a couple buckets there to fix it. So he was telling us that was the issue. He was telling us a couple other little issues. He kind of liked to do things on his own too. He actually would take the initiative to go out and buy a doorknob and replace a doorknob himself. Said he didn't want any money or anything like that. So yeah, go ahead and tell me a little bit about Stan and uh, Steph.
1: So yes, lots of phone calls, lots of text. Um... Not not problem tenants at all though by any means just kind of warriors um, to the point where you actually get concerned about their well being if we don't hear from them because <laughs> we're 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 so used to the influx of uh, contact but again you know good, really good tenants and never have a problem with them paying they were actually very concerned about not paying on time or uh, if they had issues with you know the bank or anything like that.
0: They actually got really concerned that they weren't going to be on time because they needed the uh, uh, fuel assistance. Right,
1: right, right. So
0: we had to sign up with them as the new owners with the fuel assistance company in that county. And uh, he was all nervous, like, oh, my God, what if it doesn't go through? I want to make sure that we pay you and that we're not behind. And um, we just told him not to worry. And even though we didn't get the money yet, from the fuel assistance, we told him that we did and just, hey, here, here's what you need to pay us for the next three months with the fuel assistance added in just to get get him to relax a little bit. What about that time Stan called us like 17 times in one day?
1: So Stan called us three times in one day just to confirm that we sent out his fuel assistance paperwork and to make sure that his rent was all set with that. Um same thing, three different times, one day. Then he called us just to let us know that the inspector came out for the compliance inspection, even though we already knew they were coming out and sent them letters to tell them they were coming out. Um, Although he was a little helpful to give us the, the report as to what went on. So he must have walked around with the guy as well, even though we would get the report anyway.
0: And one of those things he was all concerned about was that the smoke alarms weren't all connected, hardwired.
1: Which they didn't need to be. Just one of them had to be. Right. Um, gosh, there were so many phone calls. It's hard to.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, we heard from uh, there, was, there was points where we heard from like every single day. And a lot of the times he would call instead of texting and we just text him back because it's like, hey, we get full time jobs here. We can't just be answering your phone call every single time you call.
1: Well, that and the thing that I hate the most is when, pe- no matter who does it, whether it's a tenant or whoever, when people call and just say, hey, it's so-and-so, give me a call back. And it's like, no, 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 tell me what you're calling for, you know, so that I know how urgent it is and blah, blah, blah. And every single time he left a message, hey, it's Dan, call me at blah, 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 whatever phone number. And it's like, okay, I need to know.
0: I think his wife might have been even worse. When she called up, she was always panicking no matter what it was. She was like it was like it was the end of the world every time she called us.
1: Yes, she was a she was a panicker.
0: Hypochondriac, she, is that what it's called? I don't know. No over
1: exaggerator.
0: She's a hyper over exaggerated chondriac.
1: <laughs> Hypochondriac is like a medical thing. You have every illness that everybody else has.
0: Uh Eh, that might be her. I don't know.
1: It could be. <laughs> um, but yeah. So even though they were great tenants, it's kind of nice to have a little break from those phone calls and texts constantly. And we'd be starting that all up again with the new with the fuel systems for this year. So.
0: And so, when when we sold this place, we ended up saying, Let's just send them a text because we know they're going to have a million questions after, like, where and where's who we, who we paying and all that. So, we sent them a text message and just explained that we, your prorated rent went over to the new owner, your deposit went over to the new owner, and all he texted back was, Okay. Yes, and I'm surprising. just mind boggled by that because this guy would panic about everything he would I, we thought for sure we were going to get at least a phone call and 10 texts and we got nothing
1: yeah I was surprised I, I said as soon as I sent it I said get ready for an influx of phone calls and messages between the two of them because I figured they were going to have a million questions and freak out about rent payments and
0: tell us about the first floor tenants
1: so, I think first floor tenants were overall okay tenants as well. We didn't really have much contact with them. um We had to sometimes chase them down a little bit to pay on time. um They were late a few times paying, but again, uh, good tenants that you know did pay always pay. We didn't have an issue with them not paying. um I think the only real issue we had with them was an issue with their dogs going into the city property next door um, and them not cleaning up after them. And I guess they were told by the city multiple times that they needed to take care of it and they didn't. So we got contacted about that um, to try to be a little more proactive to see if we could get results from them. Um, um, and my assumption is they must have taken care of it because we haven't heard from them since. You know, from the city. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean again overall good tenants, they signed the leases we asked them to sign, they paid their rent, no issues. This what keeping in mind this was also the property that kinda made the determination for us to sell these properties because this was the property that had the sewer issue that where we couldn't find somebody to fix and kind of realized that it's going to be an ongoing issue to find anybody to do work, especially work that absolutely needs to be done ASAP.
0: That whole dog situation, they they had been going after them for, I guess, months. Like it, it would By the time they contacted us, I want to say it was June-ish. I think so. And she said that it had been going on over the whole entire winter. And they had come out and said that this is city land. You can't have your runner going across no they said you could have your runner going across they were just tired of the dog crapping all over the place they said that it was getting all moldy and nasty and the town had hired somebody to come mow it and they quit mowing it they said we're not even doing it there's landmines all over the place and it's like it's not even healthy anymore so it got to the point where they said we don't even want the dog on our property anymore the runner has to move you you basically screwed it up and i was like yeah that's pretty stupid all you had to do was just clean it up after them and there would have been no problem the dog would have been happy running around because there's no yard in this property at all it's pretty much driveway house garage shed and there's probably a total of like i don't know 50 square feet maybe if that of of grass on the entire property so he screwed that up, but that lady reached out to us. She was really nice. I said, yeah, we'll send him a letter. We'll give him a call. We sent him an email. And uh, I don't even think we ever heard back from him either, but we just... It, the- we,
1: so we didn't. We sent him an email. We sent him a, an actual letter by snail mail. We call, You called him, left him a voicemail, and we asked him in each of those to respond back to just let us know that he received it so that if they the city reached out to us, we could say, yes, he did receive it. Um, and we never heard a word from him.
0: Yeah. So uh, that issue kind of took care of itself, I guess.
1: I hope so, but not our problem now.
0: Yeah. And this, uh, we also had to get the roof done. So we were originally planning, this house has a hip roof, which is like, it's a pyramid roof and two sides of the roof had been replaced about 20-something years ago, and two of them had been replaced supposedly 10 or 15 years ago. So we were originally planning on replacing that entire hip roof as well as the flat roof that definitely needed to be replaced because that one was leaking into their storage unit. And we knew that that big bill was coming up when that whole thing went down back uh, back on Memorial Day weekend when the sewage was leaking into the basement. And it was actually the first floor tenant, his wife had smelled it, and went up to uh went up to stan and asked him to go look at it so stan's the one that contacted us so we kept going back and forth with him saying can you send us some pictures and things like that and then eventually at one point he was like i don't even know why i'm involved in this and i'm like what do you mean you're the one that contacted us about it and he said that it was scott's thing in the in the first floor and i was like oh okay well we didn't know that scott never contacted us you did right um so yeah that ended up going on how long did it take us to get the guy out there it was like three weeks
1: three weeks yeah
0: yeah and, and we and that guy still hasn't ba- billed us for it the guy hasn't built us for any of the three jobs he's done
1: he hasn't billed us and um he was supposed to go out the very next day after i called him and he never did and then at that three week mark we didn't even he didn't even tell us he was going we
0: yeah we didn't we really didn't even know that he went out there other than stan told us or scott one of the other told us um, so yeah, we got the, so we eventually said, screw it. We're not replacing the whole roof. We're going to sell this thing. We did fix the flat roof because we had promised Stan and I didn't want to turn it over to another slumlord or whatever that wasn't going to get it done. So we did pay 1350 to get that fixed. Uh, we also did have to pay 750 bucks to fix the vinyl siding. It was actually the insurance company that, uh, made us do that. And other than that, that's all the money we spent on that—the 1350 and the 750. Was there anything else? I mean, we did have a leak on the second floor uh, sink, but again, that plumber is not friggin' billing us, so I don't know how much we even owe him.
1: Right, same plumber, no bill.
0: There's one storage unit in the back, one shed, and then one two-car garage, um, which Stan actually had just sent us a message that he replaced all the glass in the windows of the garage which we never asked him to and he already knew we were selling at that point so it was like okay thanks like (laughs) it really didn't matter to us but and this is the unit that they came out to inspect uh the, the city for the uh certificate of compliance and they gave us a list of stuff that we never even touched on uh, a couple of the things, I forget exactly what they were, but a couple of the things were going to be really hard to get people to get out there and work on. Um, and that, that oil tank definitely needs to be replaced. The thing's all rotted out. I'm surprised that thing's not leaking. If it, Maybe it is leaking. Again, we only went to this property once. We went there on August 20th to look at it. And then after we bought it in November, we never went back out there again. Which was the one nice thing. This is like the uh, anti-100 Mason that I went out to a bunch of times. I I never went here.
1: Yeah, I think by far this was probably the easiest property of the three to have dealt with. As far as driving up there, putting our time into it and expenses.
0: Yeah, yeah, we had no issues with this one, really. Stan also did ask us if he could replace a carpet. He said he'd pay for it. So we said hell yeah to that. So he replaced the carpet. In one of the units, or one of the bedrooms, I should say, his kitchen was a little ugly. It could have been updated a little bit, but he was only paying 750 The guy downstairs was paying 825 and in that area, a three-bedroom, a nice three-bedroom, you could easily get 900 for. If that first-floor unit had moved out, we could definitely bump that up to 900 no question. So he was getting 750 on the second floor. So he was getting right. a hell of a deal. Which, by the way, I just remembered this. I actually saw this Scott guy for the first time yesterday on Facebook. Uh, he happened to pop <laughs> up in one of the uh, yard sale things up in that area, and I saw the name, and I was like, holy crap. And I looked at him. He looked like a, a poor man's Bob Ross. But I was not picturing that at all. I thought he was a younger kid or whatever. Uh, but that was funny to see his face.
1: You think what people are going to look like, and then they look the total opposite, or... Yeah. And he
0: wasn't a bad tenant, but he also said back in March that he didn't want to sign a lease when we gave it to him because he was actually planning on moving out. They already bought a house and they were working on it. And he said he was going to, actually, did he say he was going to move out by March?
1: They actually said that in December when we, when we first made them sign the leases. He said he'd be out by March. He was planning to be out by March. Right. Um,
0: and you called his bluff on that. You said you thought it was fake. And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? People don't lie.
1: Well, what I said was I said I said one of two things. I said one of three things. Either I said either way we're having him sign the lease because standard policy for us is everybody needs to be on a signed written agreement with a lease. So there's no exceptions to that. However, I don't want to keep somebody there if they don't want to be there. And especially in this case where prior to us getting the, buying the house, he may or may not have already bought a house under the old owner's agreement. So I didn't want to hold him to something in that case. So what we did was we made him sign the lease, but then we put an addendum on it that he could break the lease with a 30 day notice for that because he had a house now what i said was he may have a house but at the same time for us to not have him sign a lease for that reason we would have no written agreement Mm -hmm. we both know from what we've dealt with things can go crazy and march might come and things might not have gone the way he planned and then he may not be moving into the house in march or there is no house and he's just saying that because he doesn't want to sign a lease
0: and the reason we didn't just do a month to month is we had already sent them that ten page lease or whatever it is. We already mailed it up to him. So it was easier to just have him sign that and then send up a one page addendum for him to sign that says that you can break it at any point,
1: right. But also in our state, you can't do a one month lease because uh, that would in in New Hampshire, that's technically a short term agreement, which means that we would have to pay the short short term taxes.
0: That's right. Yeah, a property management group up there said that it had to be six months in a day, or you'd have to pay uh, occupancy tax as if it was a short right. term. Which I'm not sure that's true because I don't believe a goddamn thing those people said. But we'll get we'll get to them on the next one when we sell when we talk about the high street house because that one was a nightmare. But yeah, this one was pretty uneventful. I mean, this one really wasn't all that difficult. Like you said, it was definitely the easiest one, and it was the one that made us eventually end up trying to sell all of the, or end up selling all of these, because we knew that roof was coming up, that we we're going to have to do the whole roof. We knew that it was definitely going to need a new oil tank, and you can't find anybody up there to do that. And the the certificate of compliance needed a good amount of work that we knew was going to be an absolute nightmare to do that. So that was really just like, Psh, get out of here. So talk about the uh, closing numbers and the selling numbers. So we decided on Memorial Day weekend to sell all three of them. We put this one up for $90,000, which is actually the same selling price that they had originally put it up for when we went to look at it a year prior, or actually 10 months prior at that point. Um, Within four days, we signed a purchase and sales for the full $90,000. Then nine days later, they did an inspection and they backed out. We're not sure exactly what they saw in the inspection, but they backed out. Then, nine days later, after that, we signed a new purchase and sales. So now we're three weeks into it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the guy that ended up buying that house actually offered money on the Mason Street house and pulled out of that one and ended up buying this house. Correct. Yeah, Hector. So it was the same guy. He, 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 signed a purchase and sales in the Mason street one backed out of that one and then jumped over and bought the Hillsborough one. Yes. So yeah, we ended up closing on September 14th. And again, we got, we got the full asking price. He didn't try to talk us down at all. The appraisal came in perfectly. Uh, So that one ended up working out absolutely perfect. So uh, after realtor fees, and transfer taxes and everything involved with the closing, uh, we ended up making from purchase to sale $8,500 on that within 10 months. We bought it in November last year and closed on it in mid-September of this year. So within 10 months, we made $8,500. and that And like I said, that's including the 6% we paid to the realtor. That's including the $1,100 in closing fees. And the transfer tax which i think i looked it up in most states do a transfer tax some of them call it something different but uh in new hampshire it's one and a half percent of the overall selling price and is split between the two so we had to pay half they had to pay half and it actually works out to be i think fifteen dollars for every thousand dollars that you sell it for which is the one and a half percent so as far as month to month uh, the money we made off of that over the last 10 months came out to $5,580. So if you add that all together, within 10 months, we made a little bit over $14,000. And I'm awesome at math, so I can tell you that that's uh, $1,400 a month. Divide that by 10, carry the zero. And so that one actually worked out great. I mean, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot to talk about with this one because it went so good. Mason was more of a nightmare and High Street's going to be more of a nightmare when we talk about that one. But this one went wicked good and we made $14,000 off of it in 10 months. All right. Well, I think that will wrap it up. Thank you for joining me. We need to get new internet because Comcast sucks. I shouldn't even mention their name because they'll probably (laughs) sue me. But uh, that should do it we'll uh we'll do our berlin part three which we'll talk about high street which that one has a lot more uh roller coaster ride than this one did this was our, this was our dream one this is what we hoped all three of them went like but when you're dealing with houses that are a hundred something years old this is what you get all right thanks for joining me be back next week check it out apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio, radio pandora all the places be back next week Light up. Thank you for listening to the Highly Leveraged Podcast. Leave a review and subscribe to get new shows automatically downloaded every Monday morning. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Highly
1: Leveraged Pod. And check out our website at highlyleveragedpod.com for more info. There's
0: a spider right next to you. Is there really? No. Is there really? (laughs) No.
1: Don't say that. (laughs) I'm going to smack you. I had to. I I didn't even want to (laughs) look.
0: I was waiting for you to get up and run. Oh, my God. Trust me, this video quality is so crappy, I wouldn't be able to see a spider if there was one.
1: Well, that's why I was like, how can he possibly see that there's a spider there? But I don't know.
0: I can barely even read the friggin' poster on the wall behind you or the vinyl, whatever the hell you want to call that damn thing. Sir,
1: sure, I should have looked at what you can see so that I would know that you were joking because you wouldn't be able to see that far away.
0: Yeah, I still got it after all these years.
1: God, you just gave me a panic attack.
0: You a hypochondriac?
1: No, that's not a hypochondriac. <laughs> that's arachnophobia.
0: It's not an act. It's an act. Hypochondriac. There's no T at the end of it.
1: Whatever.